Hey everyone, this is Ben Chapman. Thank you for listening to Luminous Church Podcast. It's always an honor that you would take time out of your day to listen to us. We hope that you would see Jesus more clearly today and that you would also be inspired to make a difference wherever you find yourself. Enjoy today's sermon and God bless you. chapter 1, we're starting, um, we're, we're, we're in our series from here to there, and today we're going to talk about from fear to faith, from fear to faith. What does it mean to move from fear to faith? So what I want you to do is pull out your smartphone, pull out a notebook, pull out something, and I want you to participate with us this morning because I think it'll be life-giving to you if you participate with us this morning. What I would love for you to write down is a current fear or something you're afraid of right now in your life. Something that you are afraid of right now in your life. And so being the holiday season, some of us have a fear of being around the family. Some of us have a fear of the relationships around us. Some of us have a fear about some business deal that we are working right now in our life. Some of us have a maybe a fear of pregnancy um, and what it would be like to be a father for the first time, like Pastor Austin and Tori are pregnant, and that's amazing. And, and so they're, uh, they're being a father and mother for the very first time, so that's, that's a big deal. Maybe, maybe there's a fear of just the financial pressure this holiday season. How am I going to provide and give the gifts that I want to give all my children and grandchildren that that's always a challenge if you my, my parents have 11 grandchildren that's a lot of presents Dollar Tree is their friend you know and so so maybe whatever it is whatever fear you have I want you to write it down and I want you to highlight that because what you're doing is you're voicing a fear so that God can begin to replace it with faith because that's our hope this morning is that the fear that you have in your life, that God would move and that he would give you the faith so that you can begin to move through this fear that would lead you into a place of trying to control you, trying to dictate how you function in life. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, we read about a young man who had such a fear. In verse 18, let's pick it up. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had betrothed, was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And in verse 19, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and an unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. To take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. 
This is a powerful sermon, um, powerful verse for us as we're encouraged by this this morning because we see a lot of what's happening in Joseph's life. We see, we see all that's transpired. He's in this place where he's engaged to a woman, and now in the Jewish culture, you actually, in engagement, you would have to divorce them in order to move away. Being a just man, he wanted to do it quietly because he didn't want to shame her, and he probably didn't want to shame himself either. And this is a great moment. I mean, I, I think we, we should take note of this because how many of you know, like, when you are dating, right, it's easier to break up than when you're engaged, how many know that's true? It's harder to break up once the ring is given to you. Once you have that, you know, that five carat that you've been asking for, it's a lot harder to walk away from that. It's why we encourage our marriage prep class. If you're seriously dating, you should probably should get in this because once there's a ring on your finger, it's going to be hard to break it off. How many agree with that? Uh, the ring is an agreement. And just, just like this in the Jewish culture, that, that this moment of engagement, was essentially this agreement, this betrothing that you were to get married. And, and there's this moment where Joseph gets this news that Mary is pregnant. What would you do if you found out your fiance's pregnant? That, that, would, that would probably make you want to walk away from that relationship. How many of you know that's true? And so fear begins to take place. In Joseph, there's this moment where he's afraid of the outcome or the circumstance that's at hand. And fear, if you're taking note, fear paves the way to fantasy. Fear paves the way to fantasy where you start to think about what would happen and what you should do. And you start thinking about all sorts of things. Your imagination goes, goes crazy in this season that fear. Fear begins to take root, that you begin to think about, how do I get out of this relationship? What should I do? Should I just leave her? Should I, should I like give her some money and then go? And, and you start to fantasize over and over again. Whatever you're afraid of, whatever you wrote down this morning, oftentimes tries to take your attention and your imagination in order to dwell on this fear in order to move you to a place where, where your, this fantasy would start interrupting your destiny. You see, it, it, fear, fear will move you to a place of fantasy and start thinking all sorts of things and how to gratify yourself in this season. And then it will move you into a place of interrupting your destiny. Of what God created you to do, what he created you to live out, that, that the enemy is using fear to interrupt God's purpose for your life. And it puts you in a place where you're immobile, where you don't move. Isn't that what fantasy does? It, it leaves you in a place where you don't move, where you, where you just start um, becoming more selfish, where you start taking on your own destiny, where you start moving into your what you think is best for you you this is what it does fantasy will interrupt your destiny and this is what the enemy was trying to do with joseph he was trying to move him into a place of disillusionment where he would move to this this position where i'll just i'll i'll i'll, I'll divorce her i'll i'll leave I'll, I'll i'll set her off this is best i'm a just man i gotta i gotta do what's right and it moves you into this place where god would not have you go it's what the enemy has been trying to do to the church for a long time 
If I can get you to dwell on the thing that you wrote about and get you to fantasize about that thing and the way around it and get you to start just uh, staying in your imagination, what happens is you don't do what God commanded you to do in the Great Commission to go to the ends of the earth. All of a sudden, you're focused more on your fear than you are making a disciple. You're focused more on on what's holding you back than you are loving your neighbor and loving the people around you. This is what begins to happen. And and then you, what you think is best is what you try to do. What you think is best, though, is not always God. In fact, a, a good idea is not a God idea. Have you found that to be true, that, that as you um, were fantasizing, you had this fear, and you started making these decisions, that you had a good idea, but that wasn't necessarily a God idea? In fact, you, some of you have these fear lists, and you start making a pro and con list, right? Okay, this is what happens if I do, and this is what happens if I don't. Have, has anybody made a pro or con list? Like, okay, what do we do if this situation begins to happen? And let's see if the good outweighs the bad, and that's what we'll do. But I'm going to tell you that, that a pro and con list is not necessarily God's idea. In fact, that's not where wisdom truly comes from. In fact, it comes from a five-fold filter that we should take whenever there is fear of something that's happening in our life. What should we do? What is God's heart? What is God's decisions? The first thing, Ray Noah wrote this, is, is the first thing we should do is prayer. We should inquire of the Lord about whatever is coming against us or whatever decision we have to make that we need to pray. We need to ask God what he thinks on the matter. The second thing we need to do is get to the word, that we need align our prayers with the word of God. Have you ever prayed your prayers without the word, right? Like, Lord, I know you call me to marry this woman, so I just pray you would do it quickly and swiftly. And I know she's the exact one. And you start praying your will over a situation. Have you ever done that? You start praying your will. Lord, I know you want me to be wealthy. So, Lord, just let me hit this lottery ticket today because I know, Lord, I will tithe off this to Luminous Church and it's going to bless them. Anybody, you know, you start praying this. Your prayers should be aligned with the word. That, in fact, is as you're aligning with the word, you find that God's heart will be in your prayers. The third thing is the alignment of circumstance. That whatever's happening around you, see where God is moving around the situation, around the circumstance, and see if it comes into alignment with that. If there's something in your life, a big decision, something, uh, this, this moment that's trying to control you with fear, see if it aligns in your present circumstance. The fourth thing is the inner prompting of the Holy Spirit, that the advocate, the helper has come to you, and he's the one who helps prompt you to make right choices and right decisions. And then lastly, God has put you in the church family, and the witness of the church is is helpful in making a right decision. There is power in the church when you're walking in community every Sunday that there is power in the church to help you make the decision that you need to make in this situation. If you just leave up your decision to you and you alone, how many of you know that sometimes you walk in some bad choices, some bad decisions? 
And we talked about that last week. And, and the week before and the week before is just that, that our heart is deceptive. And so, therefore, we need to seek the counsel of those around us. It's why God put you in community to help you make wise choices in this moment when, when, when fear would come looming around you. And then we see what Joseph did. He did this moment where he, he not just considered, but he, he waited before he acted. He waited before he acted. He, he pondered it. He pondered it is what the word said, that he, he would sit there and he thought about the decision that he would make to divorce this woman that he was betrothed to be with. He considered it. He waited long enough. He, he, he sought God's heart. He began to think about what it would be. You see, Joseph was a wise man. See, if somebody's just and they're right, there's some wisdom that follows them. And he knew this. If, if I say a word, I can't take the word back. And if I do an action, you can't undo an action. Have you found that to be true in your life? Anybody caught you on Snap? You know, it's like it's there, you know, and they saved it. And then they post it on your year anniversary, and you're like, what is going on? I don't want to relive this moment. I don't want to keep reliving this moment because when you move and you act, right, then it's you can't take it back. And Joseph knew this. If I were to act in this way, I can't take it back. And Proverbs 18, 21 talks about this. It says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. That, that there's this moment where life and death are in the power of the tongue, meaning that, that you can speak life or you speak death. And Joseph knew in this decision, this decision where fear is looming and it's all around, I can speak life or I can speak death in this moment. I can do life or I can do death. If I were to divorce this woman, Although quietly, it would affect my whole destiny and what God has for me. So his faith in this moment is being tested. And that's what faith is. Faith to be faith has to be tested or it's ideology. It's just a good idea. It's easy to have faith when it's not tested, right? Oh, yeah, I, I believe this or I believe that. But as soon as it's tested, as soon as, there's, as soon as there's trial, as soon as there's something around it, as soon as something happens, as soon as fear comes about, then you have this moment, am I going to choose to walk in the faith that God has for me? Am I going to choose to walk in that? Joseph walked this out. He walked this out to set the platform for what God wanted to do in his life, something extraordinary. This moment where his faith was tested, this fear comes about. Your, your, your woman you are engaged to, she is pregnant. And this fear comes about. Now he's in this place of testing his faith. And what am I going to do this? Am I going to give way to this fear? And I'm going to introduce fantasy and I'm going to just sit here and stew on it and let it control me. Or am I going to step out in faith? And do what God has said. And as he waited, God shows up and God speaks and says, do not be afraid. But, but take Mary as your wife. And he walks this faith out. You see, his faith was tested. And as he walked it out, it began to grow. And how many of you know that Joseph needed his faith to grow? You see, when you're a father of Jesus, you need some extreme faith. 
You need some faith to walk it out. You need some faith on to walk out this journey. And so this was his first moment, his first trial. And he needed this faith in order to take his wife to Egypt. You see, when the Herod was setting out to massacre all, all the children two years and under, under to kill this king, he needed faith to know that I can go to Egypt and God will sustain me. That faith was built by this first moment of faith. Faith built upon faith. You see, in this moment where our faith is tested, wherever our fear may lie, our faith begins to grow. As we step out, we read this throughout the scripture, right? Abraham. Abraham believed God for a son. And at the age of 99, here they have a child. And their faith began to grow. And they needed that faith because when God said, sacrifice your son, he needed to know that God was faithful. He needed to know that God was faithful. God was going to show up. God was going to see him through that. That God was going to provide a sacrifice. And he did. We see about Moses. Moses, who comes to the king of Egypt. He comes to Pharaoh. He said, hey, let my people go, speaking on behalf of God. He was asking Pharaoh to release two million enslaved Jews. He was asking something crazy. But his faith began to grow. He saw that God would show up. And that when he spoke something and he spoke a plague, that that plague came about, right? Because he started moving in that and his faith began to grow. And as his faith was tested, his faith began to grow. Gideon, who, who was sitting there to take care of all thousands of people, he, he came and he recruited 300 people. 300 people and his faith began to grow. By a fleece, it began to grow. He, he, he moved in this place where his faith was tested and began to grow. More and more, as God shows up, your faith begins to grow. Daniel in the lion's den, right, his faith began to grow. That he saw God provide. He saw God move. That, that Jesus will move as you begin to walk in obedience to him. James 1, 2 through 4 says this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That your faith is tested. And as you persevere, it grows. Faith untested is just an ideology. And when fear comes, it will start sweeping you away. But as fear comes and you begin to trust Jesus, begin to obey him, you watch what he does. You watch as he does what he does as you step out in the obedience that he spoke. I think about Chantal. She's right up here. And the first time that she just she saw there was a need in the worship ministry. She saw that there, there, there was no guitar player. We, up here sat an empty guitar. She said, I, I play guitar. And she just felt this prompting by the Holy Spirit, I need to get up there and play. And, and she went up there, and she just moved past this fear. Oh, man, they're going to judge you. Oh, man, they just saw you mess up. They saw that chord, and she said, no, I'm just going to trust Jesus. I'm going to just give it to him. And now she plays, and she leads her life group every week in worship on Monday nights, playing guitar and leading worship. Your faith begins to grow, and it begins to be contagious to other people. 
As you sit there and you begin to usher and greet, the first time you do it, your hands are clammy, right? You're like, I don't want to shake anybody's hand. What do I do? And then, and then you're like, oh, oh man, Lord, am I going to be do, able to do this? And then when you do, your faith begins to grow. Your faith begins to grow as it's tested and as you move into it. God begins to show up in many ways. I think about Chastity Cantu, and she gave her life to Jesus. And just the first year that we planted our church, she gave her life to Jesus. And as she did, she just started getting discipled. And there were so many fears. You don't know enough. You don't know enough to lead. You, you aren't quite ready. You, you're just not mature enough. And yet she believed that God called her to be her early education director here. And she was going to take care of our babies. And with all this fear and everything said, you're not good enough. You're not ready. You're not prepared. You haven't been walking with the Lord long enough. She said, I'm not going to give in to this fear and let fantasy take over. And let this doubt and confusion take over. No, in fact, I'm going to walk in faith. And step into the obedience of what God called me to do. And as she did that, she held up a shield. You see, this is what the Lord gives us. When, faith is, when fear is shot towards you, fear, doubt, unbelief, you're not good enough, you're too old, you're too young, you're not ready to do that thing. When, when, when all these doubts come against you, when all this fear is shot against you, you hold up a shield of faith, don't you? And as this shield of faith is held up, every dart that shot against you is quenched by the power of God. Every dart that shot against you. And what's the beautiful part is we read this in Ephesians chapter 6, is that when Paul is writing, he says, hold up your shield, which quenches the fiery dart shot against you. But guess what? He's talking in the context of the Roman Empire, knowing that it's not just a one shield that's held up. But it's actually many shields that are held up. And as many shields are held up, there's power in numbers. And the, the enemy is pushed back. And all those fears and doubts are quenched right there by the name of Jesus. That's what happens when you show up to church every Sunday. Every Sunday, Eric's coming with his faith. He's coming with his shield. Cecile's coming with her shield. Uh, Evan's coming with his shield. Uh, everybody's coming with their shield. And, and we start believing for each other. And we start pushing back the enemy. And every fear that comes against you, every doubt that comes against you, begins to be quenched in the name of Jesus. Faith is embracing a godly obedience. If you want a definition of faith, that's what it is. It's embracing a godly obedience for your life. As God speaks, you obey. Psalm 34, 4 says this, I prayed to the Lord and he answered and freed me from all my fears. 1 John 4, 18 says this, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. You realize this, that the one who is made perfect in love is you and me by Jesus and what he's done for us. Because he loves us so greatly, we can have faith for what he has called us to. We can begin to step in that in a whole nother level, in a whole nother way. See, there's power in these numbers where we come together. And when we start sharing what, what's happened in our life. But you, when you come up to the altar and you start saying, man, I have fear right now. The thing that I wrote down today, this morning, when Pastor Ben first started his sermon, 
I've been writing that thing down for years. For years, I've been afraid of this thing. For years, it has plagued me. And I want to tell you that there's power when you come and you start confessing that fear up at the altar and you let somebody's faith join your faith. And all of a sudden, you're not fighting alone, but you're fighting together. All of a sudden, there's power in numbers. Jesus says this, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. That there is power in the church when the church comes together and we start believing together. And then all of a sudden, you're like, man, are they going to judge me for that fear? But instead, they come up to you and they hug you when you come through the door. And they love you. You say, hey, how are you doing? And then you confess and you're honest. I'm still afraid. But I'm not giving way to it. I'm starting to step in faith. I'm still afraid, but I've kind of let the fantasy down and I'm starting believing God for more. I'm still afraid, but, but I'm believing that God's going to start replacing this more and more. And they start holding a shield up. They say, hey, we're fighting together. We're believing together. I can't tell you how much this moment has changed my life coming Sunday to Sunday to Sunday. In the moment that, that I'm strong, I'm able to comfort somebody who's weak. In the moment that I'm weak, somebody's able to comfort me. I think there's, there's a beauty in the church and why God has put us together. He's put us together so that we can have a faith that overcomes fear. And I just want to encourage you today, if you need that kind of faith and you want that kind of faith, a faith that overcomes fear, would you stand with me this morning as I pray for you? Would you stand with me as I'm just the first one to stand up? I need more faith, God. I need to walk in a godly obedience. I need to start stepping out in a way that you have called me to step out. I need to believe how you call me to believe. I'm not going to entertain the fantasy. I'm not going to entertain the doubts. I'm not going to entertain the confusion. But I'm going to walk in a godly obedience. If you wouldn't mind closing your eyes and bowing your head this morning, I just want to pray for you. Believing that God is who he says he is. And he did what he said he would do. Because Joseph didn't give himself to fantasy when fear came. Because Joseph just pondered and considered. And he waited on the Lord. God came in a dream and he comforted him and he showed him. That this, what you're doing, Joseph, is me. I, and he was able to step into his destiny. And step in not only into his destiny, but allow Jesus to step into his destiny. That was a moment that paved a way for the Christ. It's a way that paved the way for Christ. The way that we step in our faith this morning. The way that we don't give ourselves over to fear. But we give ourselves over to love. It begins to pave a way for Christ to come in your situation. To Christ to come to your neighborhood. God, would you be glorified today? And Jesus, I pray that you would give us a faith that overwhelms fear. God, I pray that you would help us, Lord. And Lord, whatever we wrote down this morning, God, I pray that you would replace it. That you would replace it, but I pray your replacement would be love. Love that casts out all fear. Loved by you, Jesus. We're so grateful for you today. Help us, Lord, to believe when we doubt. I think about the disciple.
God, help me with my unbelief. Lord, would we be those people who cry out to you, help us when we don't see the full picture. Help us to get past this situation. Help us, Jesus. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.